0: Hi everyone, I'm Lindsay and I'm Kelsey. Welcome back to Hobbits at Heart. We're so excited to have everyone back here this week, like we are every single week, but here we are to continue discussing Return of the King with our returning host, Kirsten. Return Welcome of back. the Queen, hi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I love it.
1: <laughs> hi everyone, I'm happy to be back.
0: We're happy to have you back. I think last time was so much fun getting to chat because the three of us don't actually get to hang out that often even before quarantine, so like all together. -hmm. Um, So it was really nice to just, it just felt like hanging out. And I'm excited to do that again.
2: I know. I love both of you. It's like two of my favorite people in one place.
0: It's it's amazing. Brings me the warm and fuzzies.
2: So, Kelsey, uh, I want to to check back in on you because two weeks ago, Kirsten, why are you laughing at me?
0: (laughs) Because Kelsey made me laugh. I didn't do anything your face I don't know oh look at your face it made me laugh <laughs> <laughs> don't call me out because I'm trying to be quiet about it no but okay. I was just
2: like as soon as I started talking Kirsten like is covering her face and laughing and I'm like what did I do
0: it was it's helping. okay I have a very expressive face so it's most likely me you're fine
2: as I was
0: saying,
2: two weeks ago when we were here with Mike, Kelsey, you had gotten bit by a dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which
0: is really traumatic. So how are you doing? Yeah. Thanks for asking, Lindsay. I am doing fine. Uh, <laughs> wow. that I can't believe that was two weeks ago. Um, yeah. It was kind of traumatizing. I think that day when I was talking about it, I was still in like the adrenaline rush phase of like, yeah, this thing happened, but, uh, it will be fine. And then the next day I ended up talking to the owner and talking to my doctor and all that stuff. I still have bruises, um, but I didn't get rabies. So yay. That's yeah. That's good. Yeah. I will say the bruises are pretty gnarly. Like now that they're almost gone, they're still like little, <laughs> how do I describe this? Like a dot in the middle of each bruise where like the tooth was. So it looks kind of mm. gnarly, but like, looks kind of cool it's like battle scars. So are you
2: afraid of dogs now? Like, do you feel nervous no. walking by
0: that house? Do you feel I just, nervous when you see a dog? I just got nervous when you asked me that question. Oh, um, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm just being dramatic. So here's the thing. When I was a kid, I was terrified of dogs. Like as this dog was biting me, I had flashbacks to when I was like five years old of just like being terrified. And I just thought, Oh my God, this used to be my worst fear. But as you two know, I freaking love dogs. Like I love them I have dogs at my parents house oh I just love them so it's almost I'm not afraid of dogs now but I almost feel like they are traitors now like this thing that I love attacked me so you were betrayed. You know yes betrayed thank you that's the word I'm looking for um but yeah everything's okay I am okay it's just a little spooked thanks Aww. for asking thanks for checking in <laughs> of course I'm
2: glad to hear that you're okay I'm glad you didn't get rabies Well, does anyone else have anything interesting happen this week or should we jump right back into
0: Return of the King? I say we jump back in. There's so much to cover.
2: I know. We have a lot. The last podcast, you guys only covered half of a page of my notes.
0: (laughs) So buckle up. Yep. (laughs) But I love it because I don't want to rush through scenes when like every scene is amazing and worth mentioning. So
2: I know I said and maybe we can revisit this at the end at the very very end. I know I said with Mike that 2 Towers is my favorite movie, but I freaking love Return of the King as well. Like watching this again, I was just like, "Oh, this movie is so good. It there's a reason why it won 11 Oscars, which we can talk about later, but did it? It's just so good." Yeah. It did. <laughs> wow. And it's wow. like
1: the I think the second, no, third movie in a series to win awards, I think the Godfather. Is right behind it. Wow! Oh my gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Or it's like equal equal with Star Wars. I can't recall the exact exact numbers, but it's high up there for a trilogy.
2: Now that we're talking about it, I guess I can just say it. It was uh, it's the first fantasy film to win Best Picture, which is huge because usually wow. fantasy films are overlooked for the Academy Awards, and it won all eleven of the Oscars that it was nominated for. So it was just like a clean sweep. And I remember sitting there watching the Oscars that night, like a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And I loved every minute of it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was so good. Oh, I would have loved to have watched that. I mean, I probably did and just didn't realize what was happening at the time, but that's amazing. Mm -hmm. I
2: honestly would love to go back and rewatch that episode or not that episode, but like that, that night.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it (laughs) exists on like YouTube or something. I don't know. Yeah. Another thing that I like about Return of the King, what you're saying, Lindsay, about it being like maybe better than Two Towers, is that since the like everybody is more concentrated in these groups, we're not having to go back and forth between like four different storylines. So I feel like it flows a little bit nicer. And um, it's easier to watch for that reason.
2: Yeah, I agree. It, it yeah. seems to, yeah, the editing is a lot more like Seamless, I feel. Yeah. Or it's like you don't forget about the other characters, you know, Mm -hmm. where like in Two Towers we'd be like, oh, I forgot about Sam and Frodo. Oh, I forgot about Marion Pippin. But in this in Return of the King, they're a lot more intercut. Mm -hmm. And I think
0: that's probably because their stories are actually physically getting closer to each other. So they are affected by one another. Well, let's pick it up with uh, the scene where Pippin gets up in the middle of the night and steals the Palantir. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I
2: literally wrote,
0: Pippin, you fool. fool of a took. (laughs)
1: Um, Going back to what we talked about last time about addiction, here's another form. So it's like another way that Sauron is tempting people. Um, and since Pimpin has already seen it, his curiosity and like that pull from Sauron is is luring him to this to this orb. Um, I, what's the name of it again?
0: Palantir. The Palantir. Palantir. Yeah, <gasps> I know things. Yay! <laughs> I call it the
1: orb <laughs> thing. I literally wrote down "orb" every single time I mentioned it.
0: <laughs> so
2: did I. <laughs> Actually, really funny. I remember vividly. This is such a random. Tangent, But I remember vividly reading this book while my mom was cutting my hair because my mom's a hairstylist and there is a chapter titled Palantir. And I remember turning to my mom and being like, mom, what's a Palantir? And she was like, uh, I don't know. And I was like, how do you not know? And then I realized like, oh, this is a, a thing that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's
0: just the name of this orb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, oh my gosh.
2: Um, but yeah, I,
1: I think it's so fascinating that there's another way of bringing people – and drawing people to sauron
2: mm-hmm.
1: um i always hated seeing how gandalf slept with his eyes open like it creeps oh me out. it's also completely pointless if freaking pippin can just go up and switch a vase for the palantir like <laughs> why yeah. you is your eyes open <laughs> if it don't matter
0: <laughs> i have thoughts on this okay <laughs> i that thought it was unnecessarily creepy besides the only Thing that it does is like escalate the risk factor in the scene. So like, I'll give it that. But like, do people actually sleep like this? This is terrifying. I know. All I know is
2: that my roommate's cat does. (laughs)
0: Like (laughs) Gus literally sleeps with his eyes open. It's really freaky. (laughs) Oh no. Oh man. Well, like I don't know. I just thought it was too creepy, and I don't know. That's my (laughs) thoughts. I don't have more thoughts on that. It is creepy. I'll I'll give you
2: that. I was just going to say that once Pippin actually gets the Palantir and he's looking into it and he sees the eye of Sauron and Sauron's talking to him. And then he starts like writhing on the ground. I just felt like there was so much time between when he started writhing on the ground and when Mary started screaming for help. Like there was like a full, like five beats and I'm like, Mary,
1: what's taking you so long? (laughs) I literally, I wrote down, uh, Mary, do something sooner. <laughs> because while, I agree.
0: I agree. <laughs> well, I agree with you. I did write that this is so dramatic because it's in slow motion. And he's like, Rah! you know, like slow motion. <laughs> so yeah. maybe, maybe less time actually passed because it is slow motion.
1: Maybe. I thought it was so interesting to see uh, Pippin going through that silent torture. He's not yeah. screaming out in pain. He's literally just like convulsing on the ground. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And it's only Mary screaming that awakens everybody.
0: Well, uh, only Gandalf really wakes up. Like everyone else stays asleep. And I'm like, "Um, I don't know if I buy that, but okay. (laughs) He's saying help. (laughs)
2: I also, like whenever I see scenes like this, like you were saying how, you know, Pippin is like writhing on the ground. This is why I don't think I could have made it as an actress because- just imagine having to act that out over and over and over again. Like how weird that would feel. Like you're having this ball in your hand. You're like writhing around in pain. There's all these lights and cameras and crew and cast watching you. I don't know. I just like stuff like that. I I think about that every time I watch any scene like that in anything, I'm always (laughs) like, man, actors really just throw themselves into this stuff and They're not embarrassed. I mean,
0: the good thing about this is that there's really nothing comparable to this like orb in real life. So whatever, however he reacts is justified because it's Mm -hmm. the first time we've seen this. Yeah. Good job, Billy Boyd. Yeah. Good writhing. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I also, I love how Gandalf's first instinct is to cover the orb and then scream full of a toque. Like, I love that. That's his initial thing. Like, oh, Pippin, you did it again. And then he's like, oh, wait. Um, I need to go take care of you so it's still sweet to show that he loves Pippin even though he frustrates him so immensely <laughs> yeah
0: and then from this moment on we just see Gandalf get so easily frustrated with Pippin and he just always calls it calls him out on it and it's so funny to me like every time Gandalf gets mad at Pippin he has to say something
1: Yeah, if you guys aren't familiar with the Pippin and Gandalf memes, please. I actually... It's so funny.
0: I haven't really seen them, but I know Lindsay mentioned them a few episodes ago.
2: They're hilarious.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll have to find some and post them on
2: our story for sure. So then we go basically to the next day, I'm assuming, or that morning, and Mm -hmm. Gandalf and Theoden and Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, the whole crew, don't forget about Aomir are (laughs) trying to decide... (laughs) Don't you forget. (laughs) How could I, Lindsay? I know. Uh, But they're basically just trying to decide what to do now because Pippin has blundered once again and they got to do something about it.
0: So they realize that they need to head to Gondor to like help them over there. And I just think Théoden is still so (laughs) selfish. Like, (laughs) why should we help someone that didn't help us? That is so selfish. And I know a lot of people think like that in the on a daily basis, like in real life. But if you, if you only help someone because they've helped you, then like, you're not going to get very far, buddy.
2: Yeah. I wrote the same thing. Well, it, for me, it made me laugh again because I just keep thinking of all the memes and I'm like, is so petty. Like, yeah, he he just will not
1: help Gondor. How about you just save mankind? And then you just call it even. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, I really like the fact that Even though Pippin constantly makes these huge mistakes, they somehow benefit the fellowship in one way or another. So because Pippin had that temptation to look at the orb, he was able to see the plans that the enemy has. So he was able to see the White Tree of Gondor and see that it was on fire. And that was Gandalf's cue to know like, oh, that's the plan. They're going to go hit uh Tirith, and they need to come up with a plan. So even though Pippin screws up royally again and again and again they do get some good information to help them out. Um, so he is as Lindsay has mentioned in the past an untold hero of this mm-hmm. <laughs> adventure.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, the resident Pippin you're welcome. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 well this scene uh, really does highlight A really great moment for Mary and Pippin. I know, Lindsay, you have some notes that you want to talk about for that.
2: Yes, I do. Well, first, the first one is funny because this is a moment where I related to Pippin a lot because Mary gives Pippin the rest of his pipe weed. And I feel like that's totally like something that Kirsten and I would do because, well, we don't smoke really, but like drinking, I drink a lot of wine. I love wine. (laughs) Kirsten's not as big of a wine drinker. And so it just made me think of that. Like I could see Kirsten being like, you drink too much lens, have the last (laughs) bottle of wine. I don't know. (laughs) This moment actually sometimes will make me tear up and cry because I think about how, you know, Pippin's like, we'll see each other again soon. Won't we? And Mary's like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, Pippin is clearly scared to be hearted from mary and i always tear up because i imagine saying goodbye to kirsten for the last time oh it,
1: it will never happen <laughs> um but yeah I, I also i tear up probably every time now when i watch this because Lindsay and i have created this relationship mm-hmm. so like them getting split up will always make my eyes oh. water like, god damn it like <laughs> that would suck so bad to just watch your best friend right away and not know are we gonna die and never see each other again yeah. Like that's just so scary um I,
2: yeah that, like
1: deep understanding that mary has when they're like mounting on shadow facts
2: mm-hmm.
1: and like he knows like this
0: is real and well that look that he gives to um gandalf, gandalf kind of asking like is this the last time i'm gonna see you oh it's so good and it gets really heavy in that moment
1: Mm -hmm. and then when he's talking to Aragorn as they're watching them right off to the distancing like we've been together since we were tweens and you know we would do everything together I'd get him in so much trouble and like just reminiscing on it I'm like oh my god
2: I love Mary and Pippin's relationship so much because uh, you can just tell that they're such good friends
0: Mm -hmm. I love it and I will say like I like this scene because again it kind of gives everything a heightened sense of like Uh uh-oh, this is real, like a war is going to happen because everything happens so fast. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that Mary, or sorry, that Pippin is like, wait, what? What? Why are you putting me on this horse? Like, what's happening? It's all happening so fast. And up until this point, Mary and Pippin, even in like fighting scenes and stuff, they've really still been like Mm lighthearted. So this is like where it changes and you're like, oh shit, (laughs) shit's going down. To top it off, we get this iconic line from Gandalf telling shadow facts to show us the meaning of haste.
2: <laughs> I love it. That's a a line that you just throw in in conversation whenever.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I um I have to do a little shout out to one of my roommates, Neil. He one time had a student at work write shadow facts on his name tag instead of his real name, because we give them like sticky name tags. And Neil said, uh, if you put your name as shadow Facts, I'm going to call you that like the rest of the time. And he was like, okay, yeah. And then Neil made some sort of reference to like, will you show us the meaning of haste? And the kid got the reference. And it was just <gasps> a really good moment. <laughs> like, if oh, you're going to okay. write Shadow Facts, you better know that quote.
1: I uh, almost named my car Shadow Facts because uh, it's white. I didn't follow through because it's a Prius. So it wouldn't make <laughs> sense to have <laughs> Shadow Facts, the fastest horse. Be the name of a
2: Prius. My sisters had a white car that they named Shadowfax um, <laughs> that I didn't realize until
0: like I knew who Shadowfax was. And then I was uh-huh. like,
2: my sisters are so cool. They like this <laughs> <do." laughs>
0: I just always picture Shadowfax like getting out a dictionary like, hmm, okay, haste. <laughs> uh, verb or whatever. <laughs> Adjective? I don't know. What is haste? Is it a descriptive word or is it a action? It shows the meaning of haste. They hasten. 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 Hast is a noun and a verb excessive speed or urgency of movement or action hurry hurry it's a noun. shadow fact <laughs> Shadow yeah. the meaning of hurry <laughs> <laughs> anyway um i do have one more little thing that i wanted to point out in this scene uh kp you reminded me of it when you said that uh when mary was talking to aragorn and they're like in that little wooden like spiky little like, mm-hmm. lookout. balcony yeah lookout thing the wood that they are standing behind I just have to give it props to like the scenic painting team because you're pretty close up to that um scene and I just noticed that like all the texture on the wood is paint and I mm-hmm. used to study scenic painting so I noticed those things a lot but I just think it was so beautifully done props to the painting team and the scenic team uh it was so good
2: yeah I, that's so funny I had a note about it but I had a note that it actually bothers me (laughs)
0: because you can
2: tell that it's paint which maybe not being a scenic painter I wouldn't understand from a distance it looks really good like Uh you can't even tell it's paint but when he has that one close-up of Mary's face I always see the paint on the wood
0: yeah I mean that's when I noticed I was like oh my god I think that's paint but I thought it was just my Mm -hmm. like painter brain like you know noticing it Uh, I've never noticed (laughs) I'm like maybe I always notice it Yeah, because it's like splattery. And I think it's supposed to show texture, but also maybe like mud splatter. I don't know. I think they did a good job, but you're right. You can tell that it's paint if you look at it close enough.
2: I mean, Mm -hmm. the Weta team, though, you know, I love them. I love Mm -hmm. them. They're amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, So I think our next scene is Arwen and Elrond talking. I wrote that I yeah oh that's right Arwen is she has a vision yeah she's on the horse. she has the vision of her son and Aragorn as a father yeah it's so cute
1: and I love that just seeing that because if she had not seen that vision because Elrond flat out told her there's no hope when she sees it's enough it's a sliver of hope for her to go back to Rivendell and you know try to to better this. And it's because of Arwen's decision to stay that it it moves the story forward to help out the journey. So I am so glad she saw her future little baby boy.
0: I also really love her cloak in this scene. Like I want one so bad. The color and the texture and the little sparkly details is just so beautiful. I want one. I want to be her in that scene. So
2: yeah, Arwen has some amazing costuming. What? Laugh.
0: She's laughing. laughing at me. She's her, like, laughing at Kelsey. Look at her little like. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh, we can't do anything right. Well, anyway, she's like, she sees a vision and then she's like, bye. And she leaves her journey to the Undying Lands and then goes back to Elrond, who's like the most controlling father in the world. Well, maybe not in the world, but yeah. <laughs> he's pretty controlling. He is, yeah. I put I have
2: uh, I have big but daddy I love him vibes from Arwen, <laughs> like Ariel and King Triton, except yes. that Arwen is an actual adult, so like she can make her own choice because mm-hmm. she's like thousands of years old. So <laughs>
0: Instead of sixteen. Now mm-hmm. this part, because right after this is where she basically tells Elrond like we should reforge the sword. But before it gets to that point where her like hands get cold and stuff, I was kind of confused. Like, why is she dying all of a sudden? And I learned that it was her, which you guys already know this, but I was confused why, like she made the decision not to go to the undying lands. And just because she made that decision, the world, the universe just like knew. And so she gave up her like grace, revoking her ability to go to the undying lands. And then immediately just like starts dying.
1: I think she's becoming mortal at that point. So mm -hmm. she's losing the life of the Eldar. um, And that makes her mortality happen. So now she's able to have a mortal life. So she's not like, yes, she is dying, but she's dying just like how we're all dying. So like, that was morbid. (laughs) No, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, so like her life is now intertwined with what's going on in Middle-earth, but that's because everyone else's life is intertwined. So if Sauron wins, they all did. Um, and if they defeat Sauron, then, you know, they'll survive. So she's now part of that because she's mortal, mortal instead of an immortal being.
2: Let's yeah, because yeah. doesn't she... Am I right? <laughs> no, you're 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 right, actually. You, okay. I think you explained that really well. I also had looked it up, as and it, and it was basically along those lines. And doesn't she also say... I choose a mortal life. And then that's when, yeah. So, oh, does she say the actual words?
1: She said that to Aragorn
2: before he left. Oh, Um, I'm confusing it in my brain.
1: Yeah. So she said that to him and um, that's when she gave him the even star. Um, And when she returned, I think that action is what actually provokes the mortality. And I think it changes Elrond's stance because now he's like, well, shit, I have to save my daughter now because <laughs> she's like, mortal. I need yeah. to save her life. So I'm going to do whatever it takes. And if that means reforging the sword and mm-hmm. giving it to Aragorn, so be it.
0: I think that he kind of like comes to term with her decision of like, okay, well, if you made this decision, the least I could do is help you
1: Yeah, I have the is.
0: ability to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, props to Arwen, honestly, that she made that decision
2: because- That's what kind of gets Elrond to reforge the sword and bring it to Aragorn, which is, you know, how they end up winning the battle of the Pelennor Fields. And
0: so the next thing we see is Pippin and Gandalf arriving at Minas Tirith. And I had to look this up because I was so curious what Minas meant because there's Minas Tirith, there's Minas Morgul and Minas means tower. Which, not to be confused yeah. with the two towers. <laughs> <laughs> the tower. So the Minas Tirith is the Tower of Guard, and Minas Morgul is Hill of Dark Magic. Oh. Ooh. I know, I know. So I thought that was kind of cool, because uh, yeah. I... When I look up words, it just helps me understand it so much more because I have something to tie it back to. So,
1: yeah, I honestly yeah. didn't know that. My initial thoughts when we see uh, Pippin and Gandalf riding through Minas Tirith was just it would take forever to go from the gate all the way up to the tower. <laughs> like I
2: oh my gosh if you kinda, were
1: walking
0: <laughs> yeah could you imagine it would
1: take me like the entire day to walk that distance <laughs> it looks awful I mean <laughs> totally. maybe that's
0: the point because they're so protected up there it'll take a long time for anybody to breach that area
1: yeah true
2: mm-hmm. uh I just I love the set for Minas Tirith like watching this part of the behind the scenes is probably one of my favorite parts because they built Minas Tirith on top of the Helm's Deep Set. So they reused some of those set pieces oh. in that, that land. It yeah, does look kind was... of familiar. Yeah, it was built in a quarry. So they would just like reused that area. Um, but it was huge. Like you could literally walk around on it. Like it was an actual city. Obviously, it wasn't as big as Minas Tirith actually is. But the gate that they built, like the front gate, they built to scale. And it was actually so (laughs) they made it so strong that later when they had to break it down with Grand, they like couldn't break it down because they had built it so strong. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I just like, I'm really bummed that they had to tear it down. Like I think it's such a tragedy. And then Mm -hmm. as I was thinking about this, I was like, Thinking about how they could have kept it and how it could have been like Universal Studios and you could have been able to walk around in Minas, Minas Tirith. And then I was like, Weta, you could have made a place called Weta World.
0: <laughs> oh it my could gosh. And
2: all the Lord of the Rings sets. I just am super bitter that that didn't happen.
0: I mean, it would have to be in New Zealand. Otherwise, they'd have to transport all these sets or they could rebuild them at like a specific No. Yeah,
2: keep it in New Zealand, <laughs> Kirsten. You're judging me so hard right now, but I'll never be able to get over you. the fact that like they tore all these sets down. I want At to least go they to kept
1: the Shire. Like that's the one place I want to go to the most.
2: Only because they had to rebuild it for The Hobbit. They had tore that down too, and then they rebuilt it. Thankfully,
0: yeah, and I'm glad they. That's the one it. good thing. I'm learning so much. Oh.
2: Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was a huge rant, but
0: no, that's okay. So, Kirsten. In this scene, we also see Denethor. Every time I say that, I feel like I'm saying like a Pokemon name or something. Denethor. (laughs) Yeah. Denethor, (laughs) go. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I Um, choose you, Denethor. (laughs) Bites cherry tomato and that's just the chaos for all Pokemon.
0: So when we see Denethor... I still can't say it oh my god without thinking of something else okay Denethor is sitting there talking to Gandalf and Pippin and Pippin's not supposed to say anything and this whole time I'm just like Pippin stop talking please stop 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 because he's making it so much worse yes um and I I, love
1: before they entered how it was like hey don't say this but also do not say this actually just don't just no don't talk (laughs) talk at all don't talk because you're just gonna mess it up (laughs)
2: This is a moment where I have to say I related to Pippin (laughs) because I feel like Pippin immediately realizes that, you know, he sees Denethor grieving for his son Boromir and then Mm -hmm. Pippin remembers like Boromir dying for him. Uh, And so I just feel like Pippin is like, this is what I have to do. Like, this is the right thing to do. This is the honorable thing to do. And I'm just going to throw myself in there and I'm going to do it. And I feel like that's something that I would do. Yeah.
1: And I like that his intentions show his gratitude for Boromir's sacrifice. So um, the fact that he's able to step up is really sweet, but Denethor is like the literal worst.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's another example though. um, Another example of where Pippin kind of makes like this split second decision that could be seen as a uh, a mistake, but then ends up helping them later because then he's present for all these other moments where maybe he wouldn't have been. Mm -hmm. So. You know, Denethor is selfish and grumpy AF. That's what I wrote. He uses his grief for Boromir as like this veil for actually wanting, what does Gandalf say? That he like hides behind his grief? Help me out yeah, here. I think it, mm-hmm. it is,
1: I think he does say like you veil it. Um, I was so distracted yeah, by him saying it. like, you can't deny the return of the king. <laughs>
0: Which is oh like- yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he just wants to be the ruler. He... He doesn't care about aragorn and the actual return of the king
1: yeah because yes. he has power he has that he's power hungry he wants to hold on to this as steward even though he has no rightful claim to the throne mm-hmm. um and then denying the return of the king is such a big no-no so when like gandalf <laughs> is like whispering under his breath when they're leaving he's like i love it
0: just like that and at the <laughs> at the end of the scene, we also see that the orcs are starting to come from Mordor because, or they're not coming yet, but the storm is rolling in to give them kind of some cover for when mm-hmm. they're ready to storm. Mm-hmm. Storm the gates. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And it's interesting to hear Gandalf talking to Pippin about Gondor or Gondor. Um, because he's talking almost like uh, these higher ranking people were so greedy they didn't give back to the community so it made like the whole entire city just break down from greed they build grander tombs than caring for the people Um, and like the line of of these leaders just like failed Gondor Um, so that's like a nice little moment of like hey you have this position of power take care of your people and you didn't so you failed them so now it's like in ruin and then seeing that shadow of Mordor just, like, looming there on their way to destroy. What, Lindsay? I
2: was just thinking, like, sounds like the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That yeah. was my thought.
0: And also, I was like, well, that kind of explains why they didn't go help when the Westfold fell.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you
0: go. Yeah, yeah why they're too
2: selfish. They didn't yeah. care. It wasn't affecting them, so doesn't matter. And they were also fighting another battle, which we talked about, you know. <laughs> with my
0: yeah we don't need to open that can of worms again
2: (laughs) (laughs) so then we come to sam frodo and Gollum at the crossroads when they're uh walking along and they see that statue that the king's head was broken down and they replaced it with the eye of sauron um (laughs) actually the only note that i have here (laughs) is that um in this scene, I do think I am more like Frodo and Sam is more like Kirsten because Frodo is like, I don't think we're going to make it back. Like, I, I don't think there will be, you know, any return journey or something. I didn't write down exactly what he said. I think he just said, I'm not going to make it back. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, Sam is like, of course you will. And I feel like that would be something dramatic that I would say. I'd be like, the world making. is ending. I, it's not going to happen. We're all going to collapse into ruin. And Kirsten's always like, you're so dramatic. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> and then I'll bring a positive
1: up, which Sam does, uh-huh. and something that really emphasizes his his positivity and his hope is that music change. Yes! That I transition. That yes, it's so beautiful because when he's talking about hope, it transitions into concerning hobbits and having that like moment of like okay we can do this and then when it gets dark again transitioning out um but i just i yeah. love i love the music in this in this movie
0: because I agree. it really does emphasize the feelings that these characters are are having yeah more so than other movies they really use the music as a tool uh to help like set the mood which is you know the what music is supposed to do anyways but it really really has a bigger effect in this movie so I love that as well it's just like it touches you in the feels for a second yeah (laughs) yeah
2: and I think it's so cute (laughs) I love how I do love Sam's optimism when he you know points out he's like look Mr. Frodo the king has a crown again and it's like the flowers that came out from the sun shining on it it's just such a sweet and pure moment and it just shows how sweet and pure sam is i was positives.
0: yeah i will say though i was kind of confused at the scene only because like i liked it but it doesn't really further the plot at all is it an extended scene i think so okay i'm honestly just like surprised it's there because i don't feel like it does much except for give us a moment of frodo being like "Uh oh this is getting tough and sam being like we got this yeah.
1: Sometimes it's hard for me to remember what's extended edition and what's not because I per- I only watch the extended edition now. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm almost positive since it isn't something that was necessary to have. I'm pretty positive it's not in the theatrical cut.
2: Yeah. And I feel like it's a bigger scene in the, well, maybe it's not a bigger scene in the book, but like that title in the book I'm, of the chapter, I'm pretty sure it's just called like the crossroads. Mm-hmm. So it like really stands out in my brain.
1: So the next scene where Gandalf is coughing <laughs> is probably one of the scenes where I think he looks so human um, because here he is smoking a pipe, hacking it up, yeah, um, and just like mumbling under his breath about how frustrated he is with Denethor. Um, I just I don't know it's 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 humanizing for him, and then having that nice heart to heart with Pippin about. Mm-hmm the deep breath before the plunge because it's right before the war happening and admitting, you know what, sending Frodo to Mordor, there never was much hope to begin with, just a fool's hope. And I think like having that honest conversation with Pippin really helped Pippin. Um, I also, in this scene, it, it shows that Gandalf isn't really boastful about his power. Mm Because when he touches, when he talks uh, about the Witch King, he's just like, yeah, I'm a wizard, but like, there's this, this creature, there's this Witch King who is scary. And another humanizing moment for him is when he is scared of the Witch King and the power that he has. So it's just nice. Like he's not, um, he's not, what's the word, impervious to fear. He experiences it too.
2: And I thought that was, yeah.
1: I thought that was incredible to just have this human moment of Gandalf.
2: I love that, that <laughs> summary of that scene. Thank you for that. Because <laughs> I just, I wrote, I got nothing except that I really liked this scene, <laughs> but I feel like you summed it all up perfectly because I do, I couldn't put my finger on it and why I loved it, but I do just love that quiet moment where Pippin and Gandalf are on the balcony talking together it is just,
0: yeah, it's very sweet. And I will say, I think it's funny that a lot of my notes are more like technical or like production-y notes, but this is a rare scene because it's actually the two actors next to each other. I'm pretty sure Pippin is like on his knees or something at the balcony. Yeah, because usually they're using like body doubles and stunt doubles to show the size difference, but they were they managed to like hide it in this scene, similar to when Aragorn and Merry were talking in the wooden spikes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a nice long not a long cut scene, but like a long conversation that we actually get to see the two people together. Um, So I really did enjoy that. Oh, also when we learn about this witch king, uh, Kirsten, like you had said this, I, maybe I missed this the first time I watched it, but Gandalf literally says he's the deadliest servant. No living man can kill him. Mm -hmm. And then my brain did like a brain blast to Eowyn saying, I am no man. And I was like, oh <laughs> I get it now <laughs>
1: yeah and then yeah you know, like the witch king says it too like that's just how he is
0: known like no man can kill the witch king <laughs> right but I thought in that moment when he tells that to her like no man can kill me I thought he was just being like cocky like <laughs> <laughs> nobody can kill me but no literally no one is supposed to be able to kill him
2: <laughs> yeah because there's what I was gonna say is there's a prophecy I think about mm. saying that no man can kill the witch king. So kind of like the whole like Harry Potter prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. Whatever,
2: that's a weird tie-in. But no, um, it's good. yeah, it's like there's a prophecy saying no man can kill the witch king. So that's why it's like, <laughs> no man can, but a woman can. Hell yeah. Leave the fighting
1: to the boys. I don't <laughs> think so. <laughs>
0: um, I love the scene too. It reminds me of something we were talking about earlier in that it's where the... Different storylines start to kind of intertwine a little bit because we see we go back and forth to Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, and Gandalf and um, Pippin this whole time. And we see that Frodo goes, he's like being called towards Minas Morgul and approaches that bridge, which causes this like kind of disruption. And we get to see that on the other end, like Gandalf and Pippin can actually see the like green light coming from Minas Morgul. So I think it's really well done. It's all like stitching everything together.
2: Yeah, I like that you're getting to see that this is all happening at the same time. Because like we were saying before, a lot of Two (laughs) Towers, you don't really know when it's happening. It could be at the same time. It could not be.
0: I know Kelsey has a huge issue with the timing of these movies. (laughs) I just, no, it's not that I have like really strong feelings against it. It's just that I'm very often confused by the portrayal of the timing. So in scenes like this, I'm like, yeah, it's all happened at the same time. So I just really like it.
1: You're like, this is satisfying. I know it exactly is. what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I like to, I, I don't know. I can't imagine what it would be like being in uh, Minas Tirith and seeing that large ass light just yeah. shoot right up, triggering like, you know, this is the beginning of the war. They are coming. Mm-hmm.
0: And Yeah, it's so uh, scary. I would
1: be, I would be mortified seeing that con- like... <laughs> where did that come from? Why is it there? And holy shit, am I going to (laughs) die?
2: Yeah, I wrote down that I like how it's intercut with Gandalf and Pippin because this is when you're like, oh shoot,
0: this is bad. Like this is very, very bad. Shit's Mm -hmm. about to go down. And then it uh, continues to escalate because we see, and my hands are sweating just thinking about it, but we see Sam and Frodo and Gollum start climbing up, up, up. Mm. Oh, it just makes me nervous (laughs) because I don't want them to fall.
1: Yeah, Yeah, those
0: stairs are like a ladder. They are not (laughs) stairs. Yeah, I was thinking about it because they do have this angle where they're looking down at Sam and Frodo and there's like a rock that they're able to stand on, you know, so it's not like you let go of your hand and you fall down the whole mountain. But, because I like to go rock climbing and so I think like, oh, it wouldn't be that bad. There's actually like ledges you can stand on like in Breath of the Wild when you can like catch your breath and let your little wheel fill back up. Um, but in the moment, that would be so freaking terrifying and scary. How so much stamina?
2: <laughs> yeah. And there's a whole army of orcs marching below you. And there's Nazgul flying on the fell beast above <laughs> you. Like which like literally
1: honestly, which king, you're like, you're fired. How did you not <laughs> see these freaking hobbits and Smeagol climbing up a goddamn wall right next to you? And how bad are those hobbits, or not the hobbits, the helmets where you're like you can't see up?
2: I mean, I think
0: out well, of all they people, they
1: can't see
2: the wit. The Nazgul can't see very well. They talk about that in the Fellowship, how they rely mostly on their sense of smell. I mean, not that they can't see at all; they just can't see very well.
1: Isn't the Nazgul the flying creature?
2: No, that's the fell beast. The Nazgul are the the people men. that ride the the oh, flying creatures. The wraiths the ring yeah. wraiths yeah
1: because they say as as the nosgul flies like
0: it's three days as the nosgul flies so in yeah. my head Nozgul- yeah, but like if i say that i'm flying it means that i'm like in an airplane flying not that i'm flying through the sky yeah
1: but like in my head the creature was the no- remove this <laughs> but in my head i was like oh the nosgul is the the creature as opposed to the wraith.
0: i mean it makes sense it's a classic rookie mistake kirsten
2: shut up <laughs> what happens when you don't watch the behind the scenes or read the books
0: oh okay, okay 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 of the fellowship all right please everyone please this remember. conversation is no longer productive let's move on oh my goodness I was gonna say that because everyone has a sense of smell like a heightened sense of smell wouldn't the orcs be able to be like smell in the man flesh or whatever <laughs> Do the orcs have a heightened sense of smell? I don't know. Aren't they the ones that say, like, it smells like man flesh? Yeah, they do. No, it smells like it when they're-
2: um, Oh, that's right. And
0: they stop and they're like- Actually, you're right. Never mind. I don't know what I'm saying, you guys. Oh, I'm getting delirious. So at the end of this little scene here, it's hard to say the end because it really does keep continuing and- gets woven through like other scenes later but Sam like pulls Gollum aside and basically just threatens him saying if you do anything to hurt Frodo I'm gonna kill you he doesn't say it in that way but he means that and I think it's it's good because it's showing again Sam's like protection for Frodo and how far he's willing to go to help him but then in my mind I'm like okay Gollum's gonna just be like okay fine I'll murder you first then so that takes out that problem you know, well, like yeah. Gollum's not really threatened at all.
2: Did you see
1: his face? I, his face is so good because when Sam walks away, Sneakles just like, is that a fucking challenge? Because yeah. you're going to go down. Did
0: you threaten <laughs> me? Is that a threat?
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go, bro. Um, I'll show you because I'm manipulative as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Sneaky little, little Gollum.
2: The only thing that I have to say about this before we wrap up, is that Sam and Frodo's feet look so disgusting? Yeah, and they look I all like black like, on the
0: bottom and yucky.
2: They're so gross. It's not really that important, but I wrote it down, so I wanted to say it.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's it, they're doing their job, makeup team, way to go. They would be that gross, you know, from climbing and not wearing shoes, so and not having a place to wash their feet. Yeah,
2: well, well I feel. <laughs> This is a good spot for us to stop before we get going on too much longer. Next coming up, we're going to be having Pippin light the beacons, which is a very epic scene. And then that's what triggers Aragorn and Theoden Mm -hmm. riding to Gondor finally. So there's a lot more to discuss and we want to make sure we have plenty of time to talk about it. Kirsten,
0: uh, Kelsey, anything else to add before we wrap up? I'm just kind of excited to continue because then we get to see more of Faramir and Amir. I'm excited about more of the men of Lord of the Rings, as always.
1: Shal sure is a bigger
0: Aramir fan, but
1: I'm, I'm he's okay. That's okay. <laughs>
0: Honestly, yeah, he doesn't do much. I just, every time his face shows up on screen, I'm like, oh, hey there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, a scene that will come up later really puts me off about Aram- Aomir. So maybe that's
0: it. But I don't know. He's just like, oh, he- it's okay. Fine, <laughs> <My laughs> more for us. Yeah. Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't want to objectify anybody. <laughs>
2: <laughs> the look that Kelsey just gave was like, hmm, I don't mind a piece of that. <laughs>
0: Oh and with all of that, uh, we should wrap it up here. So KP, thank you again for coming on to help us talk about Return of the King. You always have such lovely things to say and, and bring new perspectives to these scenes. So thank, thank you, you for that.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me again. I can't wait to
2: come back. You'll be back, don't yeah. worry. There's still so much more to discuss. So hope you guys stay tuned and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, to rate and review us, and follow us on Instagram at, Hobbits at Heart Podcast.